Tony Basilio, it's game night. Man, I am so pumped. I was just telling Sean and Brian here off the air that tonight, you know, tonight's the night. It's why we do what we do here. You know, the kids say it's why you come to school to a place like this. But truthfully, this is why we do what we do in my business for days like today. Thank you. Because days like this, I feel like I could change the world. Days like this, I feel like I could change the world. Cinco, who made that? Like a uh, pop metal act back in the day. Days like this, I feel like I could change the world. Who made that, Cinco? Tony B, that one slipped by me. I'm not sure. Brian Hartman, days like this, I feel like I could change the world. Who made it, Brian? I have no idea. All right, hang on. I'm going to find out who this is because you guys are aggravating me. So tonight we've got Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime. We're going to preview the Tennessee-Alabama game. Kevin Skarbinski, man about town, is going to join us. He's infrared and ultraviolet. And uh, he's looking at you, but he's talking to himself. And sometimes he doesn't know what to feel. But he's going to join us coming up here in a matter of moments. Also, uh, later on in the hour, uh, later on in the program today, Tom Mattingly, our Vol historian, is going to stop by with some remembrances of the late, great Gus Manning, which is going to be phenomenal. Uh, he's going to tell some great stories uh, and make you uh, smile. Uh, and, and we're going to remember Gus here today on the air. Also, Eric Sorensen is going to join us. We're going to preview Tennessee's trip out west, where they take on Brian the likes of whom? They will face Arizona. Grand Canyon, and UC San Diego in a back-to-back-to-back three-day span. Sean Sinclair. Um, what are you thinking, Senko? Well, I, I, I go into the Alabama game tonight a little bit um, apprehensive, I guess. Um, a Nashville kid. Is no, let's go to baseball. Year. Baseball. How oh, excited baseball? are you for this okay. weekend? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm going to the. I'm going to the things like uh, you know, uh, you know, kind of, uh, kind of, kind of pump. Sean, are you pump? As my brother Steve, I'm, as my I'm brother Steve likes to say, are you pump? Are you pump or no? I'm pump. I right, hear it is right here. This is what's got me pump. Listen, Seiko. See if Cinco remembers this one. The sun was shining, the sky was crying, it just tore apart, and down came the rain. I was soaking, yeah, I was freezing, but... The Cinco, do you remember? Cinco, do you remember that? Let me tell you what, I am, I was waist deep in air bands, classic rock, metal, as a kid, and that's awful. <laughs> that's so bad. So white boy. Why do we think white people are stupid? Listen to that. Brian, do you ever remember that song? Days Like These, that's from Asia. That's right at the end of Asia's run. They were a super group. No, I born I out of like Emerson that. Lake and Palmer and Yes. They should have changed their group name to No. 
when that thing came down. Sean Sinclair, Friday night our, our, our baseball balls get it rolling, right in time for our basketball team to fall off the freaking cliff. Not that I'm counting out our football, our, our base basketball team, but the, our basketball team right now, which, which again, sports, you know, just when you think they have the answers, it'll change the questions on you. But they look like they're finna hibernate. They look like they're finna hibernate for the summer. Well, I don't, I don't want to kick a kick someone when we're down. Not our style. Myself, but Not our style. You know, three weeks ago on this show, two weeks ago perhaps, the talk was, why in the world are the fans negative on this team? That we had, uh, there were there was talk that players on the team were saying that this 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 fan base is spoiled yep. and uh, you don't recognize we're a potential number one seed. Yeah, you don't respect look us. Look what we've done. Look what. And, and by the way, I don't remember anybody ripping these guys. Every, everyone loves these guys, and they and then. And then what everyone has looked forward to or seen happen has happened. And I, you know, I, I guess the fans are just a-holes again. Uh, it must be the fans' fault that we're missing free throws at the end. It's the fans' fault that we're making freshman mistakes. Always the fans' fault. fans' fault. Yeah, exactly. So, Blame the fans. You know, and then, um, and then um, uh, so who knows? But uh, we are struggling again. I think that. I think that what you said the other day is so evident that um, this team is without question in an athletic deficit uh, against almost every team they play. Barnes has constructed a team that's not athletic. It's like watching our – it doesn't mean they can't go far in March, but in order to go far in March, they have to literally really hit shots out of their wazoo. They've got to really start shooting the ball. Or they're going to go home because they can't create shots. They can't create fast breaks. They can't run by people. They just can't. It's just not who they here's are. What I, here's what I don't get. I do not understand the concept of not blaming, but you recruited these players. Yeah. You signed any sport. You recruited these players. You signed these players. You've coached these players. You've drilled these players. Yeah. You are 100% responsible for the actions on the court. Don't don't tell me that we've gone over something or we practiced. No, apparently you didn't. Or, or, or you know, scenarios, et cetera. I, I'm so over coaches talking about how they get a guy on campus and they don't like him. What? It, you didn't get a mystery box recruit. I just don't get that. And it's not a slam on Barnes. He's a great coach. I've been converted. I'm still behind him. I like the consistency. I think on the on average here, you know, on the curve, we're still a top. Uh, we're still a top twenty team, maybe even top ten. I'm not sure how. Um, but they need to find it quick, or they're sliding deep. And, you know, and and it's funny how uh, who, who was it, Ken Palm or whomever, Ken Palm, or whoever, whoever you had on the other day. Um, Jerry Palm, Jerry Palm, Ken Palm. Yeah, you know the and you know he was sitting there saying, "Hey, Tennessee's not there. They've got a chance to be." Well, okay. So Ken, Ken Palm needs to stick to curling. When we come back, Kevin Skarbinski's going to join us. We're going to break it down scientifically with him. Alabama is. Uh, 
They're rolling. But you know what? Days like these, I'm going to tell you something. I feel like I can, I feel like we can change the world tonight. Let's change the world tonight, Eric. Let's change the world. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. 
Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group. Or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Amy George with 30 years experience in emergency services. I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. Seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Man, I'm super, I am like super pumped right now to reconnect with a guy that I, I'm going to tell you something. You know about world-class talent? This guy's got world-class talent. And you talk about an all-time good dude. This guy's an all-time good dude. Kevin Skarbinski joining us, a, a, a veteran of, uh, of the journalism wars, the radio wars, you name the hat in, in, in our business, and he's worn it. And Kevin Skarbinski, what in the heck are you into these days as we talk to you uh, from Alabama? Well, Tony, first of all, good morning, and thank you for those kind words. Uh, I'm into uh, a lot of different things. I got out of the daily journalism game about five years ago. wanted to spend more time with my two sons who were just entering. My older son was entering high school at the time, and I had missed 
his first school basketball tournament because I was sitting in Dallas covering Alabama, Michigan State in the playoffs, and it was the most miserable week of my life. So, uh, because I missed his his tournament, and I decided I wasn't going to do that anymore. So I'm uh, I'm an independent contractor on my own business. I do freelance writing. I do some some PR. Uh, I do a lot of radio and television. I was the host for the Alabama High School football championships on Alabama public television. Back in the fall, I'm going to do the same for the Alabama High School Basketball Championships coming up here in about two weeks. So keeps my hand in the game, uh, things I'm interested in, causes I'm, I'm interested in. I work with a nonprofit foundation that trains youth coaches in injury recognition and prevention to keep kids safe. And then I still, I still cover basketball and football. I was at the Alabama-Auburn basketball game Saturday in Auburn writing for a new publication here in Birmingham. So a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and staying busy. And in my last year, sadly, as a sports dad, as my younger son is a senior in high school. Yeah, that's rough. So do you think you'll be getting back into the game full-time when uh, your your son heads off to school? Oh, I don't know. I, I like my independence. I like the fact that I can work with causes. Like I said, the, the Coach Safely Foundation that I work with is near and dear to my heart because I coached my kids and a lot of their friends for 10 years in youth baseball and basketball. So, so we'll see. You never know what the future holds. I like being busy and I like, again, doing things that are important to me and that are fun also. You know, if you're, if you're not doing something that's fun, what are you doing every day? Well, and you know, and I was telling you off the air that working for the radio companies these days, especially in this side, I don't know what the print deals are like. It seems like the whole print thing is shrinking, but. Working for the radio companies is such that, man, it really grinds you down. Because literally, it's a lot like a modern corporate America. They do not care about you. I mean, they just don't. It is what it is. Well, you mentioned the print industry. And sadly, at the end of this month, the Birmingham News, which, of course, I worked for for 33 years, yep. uh, started there, uh, did an internship there out of my graduate program at the University of Florida, and worked there for 33 years, they will cease printing a newspaper. Wow. As, as will the Huntsville Times and the Mobile Press Register, you know, the three, three of the most prominent newspapers in this state, which, which went from seven-day publication to seven-day-a-week publication to three-day-a-week publication about a decade ago. Now they're going away. They will be online only. It will be AL.com, which is an excellent website. And, of course, I worked for AL.com and the Alabama Media Group, which published those newspapers. So it's kind of sad. And just a flashback, you know, after my internship, two two newspapers offered me jobs. One was the Birmingham News. One was the Knoxville News Sentinel. And Al Browning was the sports editor. And I had to make a decision. And and I, I chose Birmingham for different reasons. Uh, one, my parents lived in South Alabama. We had moved here from Pennsylvania after I graduated from high school. So. Uh, so I, I could have been I could have been annoying Vol fans all these years rather than Alabama and Auburn fans. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned Al Browning. I'm kind of a junker, you know. So I I came across in a secondhand store the other day the third Saturday in October book that uh, Al Browning published uh, back in the '80s. So there you have it. It, it. It's all it's all coming back to me, Celine Dion, <laughs> Kevin. I'll tell you this. Um, these two teams that are playing tonight in Knoxville Ooh. are heading in opposite directions, my friend. And, and, you know, the thing about college basketball is just when you think you have the answers, it will change the questions on you because 
Tonight's game looks like Alabama's going to put it on Tennessee, just from the from the outside looking in, the 10,000-foot view. But Alabama's capable of putting up stinkers, and Tennessee's certainly capable of playing better than they've played. One thing's for sure, though, Kev, if Tennessee lets Alabama run, they will get run out of the gym tonight. What they did to Auburn in the last eight minutes of that game the other day, that track meet that they put on Bruce Pearl in his building was flat-out scary. It was. And, and let me tell you, that was an incredible environment. Well, what, what Bruce has done there in building up basketball, making that sport matter mm. on that campus and in this state, in this league across this country, is pretty phenomenal when you look at Auburn's history so it was it was a difficult environment. That that was and Nate Oates. I think some Auburn fans got upset. Nate Oates said afterward it was Auburn and before and afterwards it was Auburn Super Bowl, and in many ways it was. And for Alabama to not play its best game, uh, Brandon Miller, their best player, did not play his best game. But you got a guy like Rylan Griffin comes off the bench who's gotten lost in the shuffle of this incredible freshman class. All he was was a top fifty player coming out of high school, who scored more than 2,000 points in his high school career in Texas, and he comes off the bench, scores 16, uh, leads them in scoring. He blocks a three-point shot at one point, so he's playing on both ends. They've got so many players. Uh, let me tell you, Tony, this Alabama team is legit. This Alabama team is a Final Four team. This Alabama team is a national championship team. If the breaks go right, if they get, you know, if they don't have a bad matchup, if they don't have a bad night shooting the ball, and even when they do have bad night shooting the ball, they're so athletic. Yep. They play good defense. They can score. They can find ways to score off their defense. So, yeah, this is uh, this is a, a team that is, you know, hitting on all cylinders. But I will caution you, and I, I liken what happened to Auburn. You know, Auburn had lost five of six going into last night, and they blew Missouri out of the building last night in Auburn. So because they've been losing close games just like Tennessee has. So That's right. I fully expect Tennessee to come out and play a very good basketball game tonight. That's a good basketball team. They've proven it. They've had quality wins. They're not going to they're not going to blink because a talented team is in the house. They've played and beaten quality teams. So no, I fully expect this to be a real challenge for Alabama. Hey Kev, if if the center can't go for Bama and they're saying he's day to day and I know Oates is one of these Modern coaches who, when their lips are moving, when it comes to injury, you, you, you know, you don't believe a word they're saying. Um, and, and case sera, sera, it's just how the deal is these days. Um, and there are no commissioners in these sports, so why would they tell the truth about injuries? I don't know how people gamble on this stuff when you don't know who's healthy and who's not. But what is the significance if he's not able to go tonight for them? Well, uh, Charles Bediaco is a, he's a rim protector. Mm-hmm. He's a long, lean seven-footer. He can jump. He can move. He alters shots. He blocks shots. So that allows their perimeter guys to play up, to get in your chest on defense, and not worry about getting blown by. I mean, they're pretty good man-to-man defenders of keeping their man in front of, the, in front of them. But when they do get beat off the dribble, he's a guy that can erase the mistakes. So if you take that away, you know, I don't know if that alters how they play defense. They, they don't have another guy quite like him. They have some other bigs, Noah Gurley, for example, who will probably fill in and play more minutes if Betty Yako can't go or if he's limited in his minutes. 
So they're not quite the same because, again, having that rim protector is a is a real luxury for you know for your guards playing defense. Again, you can get out and harass people. And look at look at Auburn last year when they had Walker Kessler, one one of the best rim protectors. And look what he's doing in the NBA as a rookie. I think surprising a lot of people, even yep. people who thought he was really good. Yep. So you know that that that's one difference. It'll just it, it will be. You know, it will change their defense somewhat. But there's, they are a good defensive team that has had two or three lapses this year. Oklahoma was one. Gonzaga was another here in Birmingham. I still can't believe I watched a college basketball game in regulation that ended 100-90. to 90. <laughs> Gonzaga beat Alabama back in December 100-90 to 90 here in Legacy Arena in Birmingham. So, so they have had a couple of games where their, their defense just let them down. But generally they're a good defensive team. The great Kevin Skarbinski on the TLD Logistics Hotline, tldlogistics.com. And if you want to make more money and faster, join TLD and start hauling glass. That's right. Hauling glass pays at TLD. Changing lanes with TLD Logistics online at tldlogistics.com. As we visit today, Kevin Skarbinski in the house. Uh, and we're breaking down the night's game with Alabama, and people were surprised that Tennessee opened as a favorite in this one. And, you know, the, the, the whole thing about this modern game that you were talking about, and night in, night out, you just don't know what you're going to get. Alabama looked, um, I don't know what you'd call that performance they had with Oklahoma, but it was one of the strangest performances of the year all these teams kevin even the very good ones are capable of putting up stinkers what went wrong with them that day at alabama at, uh, at oklahoma you know i think it was a combination of things and and the one thing that you can't lose sight of tony with this team is what happened back in january when after they they had played one of their best games in years and blown out lsu at home and that night on the strip in Tuscaloosa, which is, you know, where all the college kids hang out, all the bars and restaurants are. And this is a, a, it was a terrible tragedy. And a young lady was shot to death. And an Alabama player who was not playing at the time was hurt. And they had just announced he was out for the year with an injury. Darius Miles was one of the two people. Uh, who were involved and charged with capital murder in in her death. And Darius did not, according to police reports, did not pull the trigger, but he provided the gun that the person he was with uh, did pull the trigger and shot the, the young lady. It was a stupid, senseless uh, disagreement. I think a couple of guys trying to push up on a girl who wasn't interested, and it just went horribly, tragically wrong. And imagine one of your teammates that, you know, a guy that you, you work with, you hang out with, is a friend, especially to the older players, because Darius had been in the program for several years, uh, and then all of a sudden he's charged with capital murder. And that was, I mean, how, how, do, how do you deal with that as a team? How do you deal with that as a coach, as players? And I think, and, and not to make excuses, because they didn't play well, they certainly didn't put their best foot forward, but it was almost as if it all came they, they had kind of gotten through it in the initial shock wow. for the next week or so, but I, I, my sense is it kind of backed up on them, and it's not a conference game. They were undefeated in the conference. It just all everything kind of, you know, it was a perfect storm, if you will, for them to have one of those really, really ugly games. And, 
And so that's that's what resulted. And Oklahoma's good. I mean, they just blew out K State. They've got talent. So, but no, Alabama's a better team than Oklahoma. That, that was just. I, I think that was just a unique set of circumstances uh, that does not reflect what that Alabama team is. I mean, imagine that. This uh, well, there, there's just there's just way too much of that stuff going on in our society right now that you just discussed. Brian uh, Brian Hartman wants to wants to get a word in here. Um, I think he wants to talk a little football. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, Tennessee broke a long losing streak to Alabama last October. What is your view of how that rivalry is going to head going forward? What's the future of that going to look like, Saban versus Saban versus Heupel, and the fact that Alabama's got a couple new coordinators coming in? What do you what do you think that rivalry heads the next few years? Well, I, I hope it means that the third Saturday in October is a rivalry again. Nice. Yeah, I really do because that we know how special it was back in the day. Uh, those of us who've been around a while, and, and you know that game was special. It was incredible. It was an incredible game last October. Look, Josh Heupel has he has shown he's doing things the right way. He's building it the right way. Nick Saban can't coach forever. We don't think <laughs> if he is human, which we're sometimes not sure uh, if he's a cyborg or what's going on. But uh, look. He, this is a, a chance. I mean, it's a great opportunity, not just for Tennessee, but for, I mean, Georgia's taking advantage of it. Auburn has not. But it's a great advantage uh, for those programs that have younger coaches that are going to be around a while if they continue to do what they're doing. While, again, Nick Saban can't coach forever. But you say that, and he just reeled in one of the best recruiting classes of all time. They changed both coordinators. Uh, there was a lot, There were a lot of complaints about both uh, Pete Golding on defense and Bill O'Brien on offense. Uh, because Alabama fans have such high standards, they're never supposed to lose a game now. So, you know, it, what are the new? What are Kevin? What's Kevin Steele going to do? What's Tom? You know, we know Kevin Steele's a pro. We know that. Everybody in the SEC knows that. He'll do a he'll do an outstanding job on defense. Tommy Reese is the wild card yep. on offense. Uh, you know, coming from Notre Dame, and I think what what we what we're seeing with both those hires is Nick Saban kind of going back to his roots a little bit, even though he doesn't have a history with Tommy Reese. Uh, I think he wants to get a little bit back more to smash mouth football, not not to the way, you know, the joyless murder ball they used to play back in the day when they just beat you up. They were more physical, stronger, faster than everybody they played, and they just demoralized teams. Not not abandoning the passing game. that You can't win that way, but more of what George is doing, where you're still a bit old school in what you do. You still have a toughness about you. They were so enamored with the incredible things Bryce Young did that they sometimes stood around like it was almost as if their offense was at times, hey, let's let Bryce make a play. And more often than not, he did, but that's a high-risk, high-reward way to play. And so that's why you saw them play more one-score games over the last two years than they had in a long, long time. So Alabama's not going away, but it's nice to see Tennessee stepping up. And I fully expect that as long as uh, Josh Heupel and his staff continue to do what they're doing, that this will be a fun game to look forward to each year, as long as the SEC does the smart thing in the new schedule and keeps them as annual opponents, which I imagine they will. Yeah, I think that's going to happen as well. And I think the changes to the SEC football-wise are going to be very good. It's going to make the league extremely fun. We're going to have less of these crip games, these one double. I mean, no offense to one double A teams. I know they got to fund themselves and – some of the lesser likes as well in in Power Five football have to fund their fund their deals, but uh, 
it shouldn't be off the backs of, of ticket buyers and, and high level Division One football. Those games are ripoffs. But Kevin, Kevin well, Skorbinski, hey, go ahead. Yeah, I told you. Listen, hey, we get and we get games more often than we used to get, like Auburn, Tennessee. That's right. And what a great series that's that right. was. That's you right. Know? So we we'll get right. more of those every. Yeah, that's a really cool thing to look forward to. Yeah, there's no. To me, there's no downside in expanding as long as you add a conference game and you do the right thing and, and maybe add a couple conference games. I mean, look, we're heading towards this Super League stuff anyway that Jackie Sherrill used to talk about. But here's my here's a question for you. and You, you're, you just mentioned, and, and, got, and Sean Sinclair and myself, who's in here, he's a Chiefs fan. I'm an Eagle fan. How blown away are you to see Jalen Hurts on the biggest stage of them all in that sport? Because I thought when the Eagles took him as a second-round pick, that was a wasted draft pick. I didn't think there was any way he would ever be an, an NFL-level quarterback because of the way he threw the football. I don't know that I've ever seen in my life an athlete improve year over year the way that that young guy did from last year where at Tampa he looked like a noodle-arm college quarterback out there trying to compete with Tom Brady to coming back this year. And he said, he said, I'm going to work Nobody's going to outwork me. I'll be, and we were all just kind of like, you know, an Eagle Nation and the, and the media up there, even though he's a beloved person because of the way he comports himself. But Kevin, he transformed himself in a year. I mean, how surprised are you to see him do that on that stage? Uh, look, if anybody that tells you that saw him at Alabama as often as we did, that they're not surprised at his development would be lying. When let's, when he walked off the field, when they walked off the field in Mercedes-Benz Stadium after the 2017 National Championship game, he was replaced at halftime by Tua. Tua played lights out in the second half. Tua hits the second and 26 touchdown pass to win the National Championship. I think most people, and I will include myself in that number, thought that's the last we will see of Jalen Hurts as a starting quarterback at any level if he stays at Alabama. Now, there's always, of course, the uh, possibility he would transfer. But it was Tua was the future, and Jalen's two years as a starter at Alabama were about to come to an end. And I don't think any of us saw him as a starting quarterback in the NFL. But the work that he has done, the belief he has in himself, look, the first time that I I remember we got to talk to Jalen, that I was around him, was before the – when he was a freshman starter – before the semifinal playoff game against Washington, and, you know, they have media day and everybody's available, and you thought you would have thought you were talking to a 10-year NFL veteran then, and he was a college freshman. He had a quiet confidence about himself, a maturity about him that you just don't see. It was very rare, but his work ethic is unparalleled. It's certainly unsurpassed. Nobody works harder than he does, and he has always believed in himself when other people haven't. Look, nobody thought he was going to be the starter at Alabama as a freshman. He shocked a lot of people when he won that job and won it so early in that first game against USC and actually fumbled it on his first series uh, and, and lost the fumble and didn't lose many more. But, yeah, he's an extraordinary individual. But, no, he has come farther and probably faster than any of us expected. It was good. His, his development at Alabama was good for him. His transfer to Oklahoma was good for him. Lincoln Riley was good for him, and despite what some people might say, Nick Saban was good for him as well. And it is great to see because there are guys you want to cheer for because they're just guys that just you know they grind and they care and they their teammates appreciate them. 
and Jalen Hurts is one of those guys. So I only I only hate that they didn't quite get it done on Sunday. And like you, growing up 90 miles from Philadelphia myself, yeah, I was certainly pulling for the Eagles, and I'm always going to pull for Jalen Hurts because he's a winner. My son's a student at Penn in, in Philly where, nice. where he plays golf, and he comes out at halftime and calls me. He's at a party, and he goes, Dad, they're, they're shooting guns. Like, they're there up 10, and he goes, Dad, there's gunshots out here, like, all over the place. I said, uh, Anthony, if they win, uh, you, you better wear a helmet when you're out in the street celebrating, and that's going to be going on all night. He goes, really? I was like, uh, yeah, that's gonna, that place would have been absolute bedlam had they have won. Uh, so in, in a way, I'm, I almost breathed a sigh of relief that they didn't win, Kev, because I don't know yeah. if I wanted him out in the middle of that. But right. on, on the way out here, these two coaches, were, were you were talking about Oates before, and Brian mentioned Josh Heupel. I always like when coaches go into these deals and they say, you know what, I'm really glad that this is the way it's always been done, but we're going to try something different. And this Oates guy and Heupel – uh, we've got a guy on our staff, Matt Dixon, who kind of compares what Oates does to what Heupel does with their respective sports. They both say, we're just going to try this thing a little differently, and we're going to manipulate this space, because that's what you're doing. We're going to mm-hmm. manipulate this space in different ways, and we're going to play faster than everybody else. Now, if Tennessee lets Oates play his game tonight, what are the, what are the fans going to be going to see tonight in Thompson Bowling, and how similar is it to Heupel, do you think? Hey, Heupel's manipulating time and space by the way he plays. So, and I'm reading, a, I'm reading a biography of Albert Einstein right now, and I just watched a great documentary, a 10-part series about him. It, could we say Josh Heupel, if he continues this success, he's, he's like an Albert Einstein of college football wow. in that he's manipulating time and space. I don't want to get too deep here. I don't understand half the science I'm reading in this biography, but it just, it just kind of hit me the way you said that, and I love the way you phrased it, the way he's manipulating and like I said, I'll throw time in there as well. Uh, and Nate Oates falls into that category. Yes, I'm a fan of coaches who do try to do it their way. Don't try to fit the suit of, the, of everyone who's come before. Don't try to win the way other people win. They find a way that they believe in that's based in good data, in, in analytics, in, in anecdotal evidence, in success that they've had doing it that way. And Josh Heupel's had a lot of success wherever he's been, so as a player and a coach. So, yeah, why not? And and uh, more power to him. And Nate Oates is that way. You'll want, you'll see Alabama guys that will have an open 18 footer, 16 footer. They'll take two dribbles back to shoot a three pointer before they'll take that mid range shot. I believe they take fewer mid range shots than anybody in the country. They average fewer than one mid range shot a game. Which is insane. Wow! Uh, because because the percentage of making that shot and the points per possession on the average uh, makes of, of of two pointers or mid ranges uh, is not worth it compared to a three pointer or a shot at the rim. Uh, so yeah, and they, there's good science behind this. Uh, and and look look what Nadeau's has done. I mean, he's about to win. They're about to win their second SEC regular season championship in three years. Um. Uh, they're about to be, you know, they're number one in the country for only the second time in program history. Yep. They're probably going to be a one seed. Oh, you know, we go on and on. But it's working for him just like it's working for Josh Heupel in football in Knoxville and more power to both of them. Kev, do you know, have they, because Tennessee hasn't. Tennessee and, and, and Alabama are two of the storied programs in all college basketball history that have never been to a Final Four. Has Bama ever been a one seed? Because Tennessee has not. No. Okay. Bama's been a two seed. 
a couple of times. They were yeah. a two seed two years ago uh, when they won the SEC regular season in tournament titles. They were a two seed in 1987. You'll remember the Derek great, McKee, Terry Connor, Jim Farmer, oh, wow. uh, Mark Godfrey team, great that, team that shockingly got shot down by Rick Pitino in Providence and Billy Donovan, first year of the three-point shot. And so, no, this would be the first time that they're a one seed. And, and you know and what? Again, they're, they're, yeah. they're making history left and right in what they're doing in Tuscaloosa these days. You know, it's ironic in a lot of ways. Uh, Patino is one of those guys who said, you know, this was the old way, and I'm going to embrace the new way. They played that 94-foot game and shot three balls, and nobody did that back then. Nobody. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, true pioneer in that, in that regard. Yeah, Absolutely. So. Hey, Kev, if folks want to interact with you, reach out to you, uh, employer services, all that good stuff. How do they find you, man? Yeah, I appreciate that, Tony. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Kevin Skarbinski. That's a good way to keep up with my different initiatives. Uh, I've got my own website, KevinSkarbinski.com, and I include what I do is include clips of the the, the twice weekly column that I'm writing for a new publication. It's online only. It's a subscription publication put out by the Alabama Media Group. It's called the Birmingham Lead, and Lead is spelled L-E-D-E. So you go to BirminghamLead.com, and you can sign up for a subscription. It's a seven-day newspaper, essentially, delivered to your inbox. I write twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, uh, of course, on the subject of sports, usually involving Alabama-Auburn, UAB, the state of Alabama, the SEC, and whatever else is uh, of interest at the time. So hope everybody will check those out. And, and give, me, give it a read, give it a chance, and I think you'll like it. Maybe some USFL coverage here in eight weeks when the champion Birmingham Stallions take the field. <laughs> you never know. You never know. They do. We do love our football here in, in Birmingham, as you guys do in Knoxville, for sure. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Tony. Take Enjoyed care. It. Yeah, yes, sir. I always try to get a USFL shout-out in there, Brian, and he didn't sell for it. See, Brian? No, I uh, – yeah, that's um, – He didn't sell for that. Hopefully the USFL takes off at some point. Interesting. Yeah, so, they're not – since they can't win one in college, they need to embrace the USFL. Sean Sinclair, in your humble opinion, and I want to read this to you. First of all, he's compare, and I think that's an apt comparison. When you see a guy like this guy tonight, this Oates guy, and what's ironic is Danny White hired both of them. So kudos to Danny White for uh, doing that, for finding both guys. This would say, well – he found uh, what's-his-face was an assistant on his team. I guarantee you Nate Oates will always have a soft spot for Danny White. And if and when the Tennessee job ever comes available, the first call Tennessee should make is to Nate Oates, who you will see tonight in Thompson Bowling Arena, who has crossed the diamond with the pearl, and he's turned it on the world, and that's when he's turned the world around. And Cinco, there's no more fun for a fan base than when you have that guy who's got the secret sauce. Like the early Bruce Pearl year, Sean, nothing was more fun with that than that when we were going into people's shims and smoking them. Like Alabama might just do to us tonight. They might just do it to us. Yeah, there was nothing. I would When I was watching Tennessee play Missouri the other day, mm-hmm. watching Missouri, I felt like I was – I, I, I was envying the Missouri fans because yep. that's what I felt like watching. <clears throat> excuse me, Bruce Pearl's first couple teams. Yeah, and that's because it's, it's yeah. similar. What yep. you go from Conzo Martin, who's essentially Buzz Peterson. Yep. 
better story, I suppose, if you want to go that way. Yep. To Bruce Pearl and the Gates guy who had opened up the offense, let the kids play freely, let, let them, them express their personalities. Yep. It, it, it was very similar uh, in that regard. I hate that we were on the losing side, but I just loved watching those kids. And, and those kids didn't – you had kids out there from Missouri – that looked like they just came out of working a drive-through. Oh my gosh, some really before. bad bodies. Well, that's yeah, what uh, that's and, what and uh, they were free as it could be. Alex said Alex Myers on the post game, which is really funny. Doing Garza Law Tennessee basketball overtime here night. Fill in for me because I've been a little under the weather. Who cares? But Alex Myers said they had some of the worst old men bodies. A couple of those guys. The funny thing though about athletes when you turn them free. When you turn a guy loose and turn him free on a basketball court, now it can get ugly because they can take stupid shots and do crazy things. It looked like uh, Auburn did at the end of last season where you have those two big men first-round picks and they don't get to touch a ball on possessions because we've got these three goofball guards out here that are just shooting crazy-ass shots. The thing about Missouri is, though, when you turn a team loose, you can lose a 17-point lead in eight minutes, Sean. Go down by six and still come back and win a game. That's a 24-point swing for those who are a 23-point swing for those of you keeping score at home in literally about nine and a half minutes. And still had the testicular fortitude to get back and to win, to eventually win the game. Generally, if you coach the heck out of a team and you beat them into the ground and they lose a 17-point lead, they are not coming back from that. Because, first of all, you're over there on the bench beating on them during timeouts. And I guarantee you the Gates guy is just going, look, play the game. Play the game. Play the game. See your open shot. Shoot your open shot. You get your shot. Shoot your open shot. Uh, when it comes to you, shoot your shot. And, and, Sean, there was no shame in their game. I mean, they just kept coming at Tennessee. It was, uh, hey, I know that was a fluky thing to hit a three-pointer from, like, 35 feet. I know that was kind of a fluky result. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But Missouri deserved to win the game. And that's the bottom line. They won the game. They deserved to win. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that we as fans, we we appreciate a style until it doesn't work. Yep. And then we want to revert back. And I say that because you look at Josh Heupel. We love his style while we're up 35 points but then we want him to milk the clock we always want we want bruce pearl when he first got here and yep. we never got this he would always say hey this is controlled chaos we are going to have 10 point runs they're going to have 10 point runs but at the end of the game we're going to come out on top more times than not and he was right and we would we would get on him uh you know what uh, josh heupel oh you got to learn how to you got to learn how to work the the last you know, minute of the half, you yep. got to do this. And the guy's up 35 points and people get worried. So I, I like you appreciate these coaches that do their own thing and are successful. I mean, there's college sports are littered with wannabe, uh, doolies. And, littered. And, uh, I mean, we've had so many of these guys that mm -hmm. think that, okay, since I shine Nick Saban shoes, mm -hmm. I can take the process to Arkansas State. Right. And replicate this or, since I was a recruiting coordinator for one year and right. then got fired from that, that I can go up to Tennessee via Louisiana Tech and do the same thing. No, these guys are uh, innovative. It doesn't always lead to championships. Nope. But 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 nonetheless, I mean, how mummy? 
I still remember how mummy. I thought it was great. I still remember the fun and gun at uh at Houston. Yep. Did it get championships? Not always, no. But it was but it was pretty cool. And I, I'll tell you that one thing I I think we've had enough I think we've had enough watching Tennessee that I'm starting to see, and maybe you have in the past, I'm starting to see a pattern here of young guys two-thirds through the season, five stars. I don't I don't want to say that, but losing their way. I'm, I'm, I'm watching guys in this team, instead of getting better through the year, they're getting, they look tired. They look, um, they look different. Uh, I, it, it sounds like I may be ripping Barnes. That's not my intent. Uh, but we don't, we don't seem to, we don't seem to have the same energy, fun, spirit, what have you. He doesn't smile. This team doesn't smile. I mean, there's no, where's the joy? Come on, guys, yeah, I mean, we're and, playing and college and basketball. Been, where's the joy here? And you, and you talked about that, and I looked back again. I, I'm for Rick Barnes. I swear to you, I am. I, co- I converted several years ago. I'm for him. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I imagine that you said the other day the team pl- was playing as if they had no legs and, and constantly getting taken out after one mistake, et cetera. Um, it's obviously successful for him. Yep. It obviously has a, it obviously has a hard ceiling. Yep. And that's not my opinion. I think you can go through 30 years and look at that. Uh, but it, it, and we're, and, and we'll probably end up higher than Missouri. So, or in Auburn and all those teams, I get that, but it, it is something to look at. It's funny that the greatest of all time in any sport, arguably Nick Saban is going to change again, apparently. Well, well, and, and he's going to zig while other people are zagging, which I, you can say what you want to say about him, but he just like Bear Bryant back in the day who went out there and played that USC team and he came back and he told a bunch of those, no offense, racist people in that fan base, you better embrace a black athlete because here we come. And that was a short while after telling Conjo Challoway, you couldn't play quarterback here. And, and they totally changed the way they played the game because he knew either I'm going to get in, if I'm going to stay relevant, I'm going to get in or we're going to get rolled over. And that's what Heupel's going to do to college football. I'm gonna throw a too early top twenty-three, a top twenty-five at you guys, uh, and you tell me. This is from uh, Mark Schleybach. You and Brian. I want underrated, overrated. Let's do this real quick. We'll go through the top ten. Are you guys ready? Georgia number one to start the season next year. Sean, underrated, overrated, or just about right? Boy, I don't know. I, I, I think they lost a lot. Nobody liked him, but I think that Stephen Bennett was fantastic. Uh, so I'm going to say overrated. All right. Brian Hartman? It's uh, hard to say a number one team is underrated, so I'll say overrated. Ohio State Buckeyes, number two in America, with seven offensive players returning and seven defensive players returning. They are losing C.J. Stroud. I'm going to say, I'm just going to go uh, say about right. About right. It's sad. I'll say overrated until they All beat right. Michigan again. Number three, the Michigan Wolverines coming off a 13-1 season, 9-0 in the Big Ten. Six offensive starters back, eight defensive starters back. Bring them back to the quarterback. That, uh, I'm still not convinced that Harbaugh is through fl- uh, flirting with the NFL. Interesting. Number four, 
this might be the first one where we're all going to unanimously agree. The Florida State Criminals, 10-3, and 5-3 and three in the ACC. And Schlebach has them with seven offensive starters returning and nine defensive starters returning. Thoughts, Sean? I see Clemson going down. I see Miami becoming uh, pretenders again. Interesting. And so until there's something going on in that conference, I still say overrated, but not by much. Interesting. Brian? I'll say, uh, I'll say overrated. Number five in the second SEC team mentioned here, the Alabama Crumbling Tide, 11-2, and 6-2 and two in the league. Five offensive players, uh, offensive starters, five defensive starters returning. They lose Will Anderson. They lose Bryce Young. They lose Jameer Gibbs. They, lo- they lose Henry Albayaval to O-T-T-T-T-O. They lose Jordan Battle, etc. Cinco. I think overrated. I I, I, agree. I cannot believe they did not grab a quarterback in the transfer portal. Makes zero sense, and I mean zero. Brian Hartman. I'll say about right. Nope. They're going to lose three games. I'm with Sean Sinclair. They'll be like 18-19 America when the year is over. Number six, Penn State, Nittany Lions, 11-2, and 7-2 uh, last year. Six offensive starters back, seven defensive starters back. Sean Clifford is gone, as is wide receiver Parker Washington. Joey Porter Jr. is gone as well off their defense. Cinco? I think that, uh, I think that uh, James Franklin is kind of like the PGA when Tiger Woods was in. Um, not going to beat Michigan-Ohio State, but going to comfortably be right in the 8 to 15 every year and make a ton of money. Yeah. And not really, uh, with all due respect to your brother and you and your family, not going to really make a lot of noise nationally. Good enough to keep his job, Sean, which really, uh, guys like him make coaching staff, uh, make fan bases mad because they're just good enough to keep. Well, we've got a best. Well, he's about like, uh, with all due respect, he's, he's, he's about like Phil Fulmer. Without, without the national championship or Rick Barnes, bunch of regular season wins. Move along. It's true. I didn't do it. Don't blame me. Uh, I didn't do it. USC Trojan because Barnes is a great coach, and so is uh, so is James Franklin. USC Trojans number seven in America, coming off an eleven and three and eight and one. Uh, they've got five offensive starters back, seven on defense. Uh, and they do get their wonderful quarterback back, and they got Malachi Nelson coming as well. Uh, what do you think, Sean? Again, that's a trash league. Yep. Uh, um, they got why they weren't in the playoffs this year is is criminal. Uh, much like uh, somewhat like us without a Heisman winner. Yep. Uh, but uh, the only the only guy better than. Josh Heupel at putting together a great quarterback every year is Lincoln Riley. Isn't that wild? So I, so I think that's um, – I think they may actually be a little underrated. Two guys off that Oklahoma tree, and I'm with Sean there. I think they are overrated, underrated. Brian? I'll say uh, I'll say underrated somewhat. Yeah, I think they're rising. Number eight and the third uh, Southeastern Conference team mentioned here by Schlebach is the number eight LSU Tigers, ten and four in the league, six and two SEC. 
Ten offensive starters returning, five on defense. Kayshawn Booty is gone, as is Ali Gay uh, from their defensive line, as is Jacqueline Roy, uh, I think o- as is B.J. Ojolari. What do you think, Sean? Overrated, underrated? I think that Harold Perkins might be the best football player in the country oh. as a sophomore. Mm. Um, what a player. Oh. And um, Brian Kelly's obviously a winner. Yep. Uh, he's got talent coming out of the seams. Yeah. Uh, so um, I think this is weird. I think they could be about right, and I still think Tennessee could beat them. Bang. Number nine, Oregon Ducks, ten and three, seven and two in the uh, Pac-12. Six offensive starters returning, five defensive starters returning. I'll be honest with y'all, I have no idea. Dan Lanning in his second season, they fell to Georgia last year to open his camp, his uh, career there, forty-nine to three, where he coached at Georgia, and then they kept their team together, finished ten and three. Defeated North Carolina in the um, what used to be the Holiday Bowl, I guess which is. And Bo Nix is coming back for the Heisman Trophy. Brian Hartman, underrated, overrated at number nine. I'll say they are overrated. I agree with that. Sean? I'm going to go with C. Who cares? Interesting. Number 10, um, you will not say that about team number 10. The Tennessee Volunteers are number 10 in Mark Schleybach's two early top 25, coming off an 11-2 season, a 6-2 SEC campaign. And if they could have just finished 7-1 in the league with a win over South Carolina, would have been in the national 14 playoff. Six offensive starters returned, seven on defense. Your losses are Hendon Hooker, Jalen Wyatt, Cedric Tillman, Darnell Wright, Jeremy Banks, Byron B and Y Young, and also Trayvon Flowers. You're bringing Nico in. You're bringing Shandavion Bradley in. You're bringing Cameron Selden in. You're bringing Caleb Herring in. You're bringing Carrick in. You're bringing Castles in. And you know what? Castles made of sand fall into sea eventually. As Jimmy Jam once said, Sean Sinclair, I say to you, Tennessee Volunteers, number 10 in America, underrated, overrated, or about right? What do you think? Well, I hate to say this, but I think overrated um, right now. Uh, I appreciate his game uh, in the against Clemson. I'm still not sold on, on Joe Milton, um, but... I will say this. I think the offense has more talent, more weapons. I think the kid from Oregon um, is a better receiver than Jalen Hyatt. Mm. I didn't, I'm not saying more yards, mm. uh, but um, I just think he's that much more dangerous uh, mm. with what he brings. Uh, I, think the, I think the addition of castles and, and that offensive tackle is going to help. Mm-hmm. My, con- my concern is... Uh, defense. I, I like, uh, I think the Peely, if he's up to health, he's a plug and play replacement for Banks. Um, but I still have huge questions about that secondary. Which they have plus been kind what, of, they've been, they were, yeah. Plus what no one's saying is you replace two long term consistent specialists in Hunter Kicker. Well, they were mystified behind the scenes that they weren't able to, even though they were flashing the cash, 
Could they uh, to attract better secondary people uh, to attract be, uh, a couple more veteran secondary pieces? Go ahead, Brian. The William Martinez factor that he's still I, no, I, uh, Brian. I have no idea because he produced NFL players at uh, at at Central Florida. I mean, that was the one position that they had draft picks perennially. Let's not forget Tim Banks is a DB coach too. So I'm not gonna. I'm not a huge fan of Martinez, but I'm not going to uh, absolve him. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not. He's back there too. I mean, back in my day, you only had one DB coach. The past couple of, of regimes, we've had two. Yep. Um, so I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, it's it's been it, it was with all yeah. due respect to the players that played because they yeah. they played their best. They stink. They tried their heart. No, I'm not going to say that. Oh, it, just the, kidding. The DB play was atrocious. <laughs> Uh, she I'm has a hey, listen, listen, listen. I'm not ripping. Tell I'm me not about this girl. How many quarterbacks threw for over 400 tell, yards last year? Tell me about this girl. She has, let me tell you something. She has an incredible personality. And, 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 and incredible, incredible personality we're going to come back on the when we continue on the other side 865-200-5402 special treat for you tom mattingly your vol historian is going to give a tribute tell some stories on the dearly departed gus manning the last living link to general neil and we'll celebrate our history with you as we continue in hour number two after this this is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. 
Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. This is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. You know, you know, I do this thing where, like, I listen back to myself, and I don't know. I, how do you say this, Tony, about your own self? Um, you're pretty freaking obnoxious. So welcome in an hour or two. I, I listen back to myself, and I go, man, you're... You're obnoxious, man. You need to dial it back. My Vaugh historian's not. The great Tom Mattingly, the man's understated. He is a, a man of eloquence. He is a man of vicissitudes. He is my man, Tom Mattingly. He maybe is. Maybe he, you'll uh, explain to me what vicissitudes he's a, are. He's a, he's a doctor of style some respect Alice is a sweetheart you know Tom we were we were playing some music a couple weeks back and she was in the crowd and I would like to add personification of elegance there's no question there's something about Tom that you're around him and you just know 
There goes that man. Tom Mattingly's in here today to discuss the life and times of Gus Manning, who I was I just happened to have a scroll you know, on Fakebook, uh, Tom, I, I like to look at the Fakebook marketplace. But the postings pop up when you first go in there and a couple people had posted that photo of Gus Manning on the sidelines there with Larry Seavers and uh I was on with um, George Plaster yesterday, and we were talking about the attache case that uh, Gus Manning would carry around. And Bino told a story about him, how he saw him at a, at a road game, and he was being driven somewhere. And Bino said he had a stogie so long in his mouth that it was almost touching the windshield. And he had a cigar in his mouth that day. Uh, Gus Manning, one of the great characters of all time, yes or no, Tom Mattingly? Uh, Gus Manning was one of the most fascinating people I ever knew. Uh, he was instinctively funny without trying to be funny. He um, he could brighten up a day. You could be having a miserable day in the office, and Gus Gus could come in and say hello and make you feel better almost automatically. Uh, that picture. That picture is one of the most famous pictures. Uh, in UT athletic history because Condridge Holloway made the play and Seavers outjumped the defensive back to give a two-point conversion and give the Vols the win over Clemson 29-28. to um, Condridge that day started toward the west sideline and reversed his field and came all the way back to the hash mark on the east side and threw the ball to Seavers, and he out-jumped to Clemson defensive back. All the time, he was he didn't drop his cigar, and he had both he had his hand on the attache case, which had the player's weekend bill money in it, but he was going to be a part of the celebration regardless. And he was. He was part of. He was a part of history of Tennessee athletics. And just thinking about him the last couple of days, there are just a number of great things that Gus did that really make him memorable and make him something special. I'm sure. I'm sure Dr. Sinclair knows all about that. And Tony, you've worked with him. And when I was writing his eulogy for the Knoxville Focus, uh, a number of things popped into my head uh, about Gus. Gus went, to, Gus went to a lot of funerals. One of the things General Nealon told him to do in his 31 points of Gus's, uh, Gus's job duties, General Nealon actually wrote Gus a memo that said, here are your 31 responsibilities for your job. And number 32 was accept and carry out any extra duties assigned by athletic director and assistant athletic director as they may see fit. So Neyland gave him 31 job responsibilities but held out the possibility he might get 10 or 12 more. And Gus handled that with great, with great wisdom and great stature. And um, there's no doubt that they'd probably, it would probably take 10 people right now to do what Gus did in the 1960s and 1970s. 
Tony Weaver sitting at um, Al Rotella's funeral uh, several years ago, and it came out that uh, the funeral was just getting ready to start, and Gus uh, saw two men walk into the uh, the church, and they were rather heavy set men in pinstripe suits and uh, unshaven a bit, and Gus knew that they were probably from New Jersey because Al was from New Jersey. And Gus looked at the people sitting around him and said, uh, are those gentlemen from the mafia? And there was some embarrassed laughter, but uh, uh, everybody knew that was typical Gus because um, he had a tendency to punctuate the moment. And that was a very memorable instance where where Gus, um, Gus talked about um, the things he said instinctively that were funny, but he wasn't trying to be funny. So um, it seems to me that, uh, that Gus had a number of things that happened in his life that uh, people instinctively remember. Gus, yeah. So, so before you continue, Sean has something he wants to add. I, before, you mentioned the name Al Rotella. I remember Al was when he would come in from Jersey. Was a of course his son Jamie played here, but he was a lover of football practice. Longtime football coach was just a lover of practice. And in his later years, when when we could all go and watch what a concept the entire practice. Al would say to me, can, can you give me a ride? And I would drive him out to West Knoxville somewhere. I don't know where he was going, but where I guess where he lived or where he would stay when he would come into town. But a couple times I had a chance to, Tom, as a young kid, sit up there with those old-timers and listen to those guys tell stories and listen to himself and listen to Gus and just, you know, and I was afraid of Gus. Gus had that thing where I was kind of afraid of him. I, I don't know why. Because uh, he didn't have an intimidating nature about him. I think it was more him than me, so I really didn't know him per se. But when those guys would get to talking with each other, they would say some of the most unintentionally comical things to each other. But they, you talk about people that loved and cherished this place. And that's one of the places where I got my love and cherish of the whole spirit of this place is by just listening to those people interact with each other. Sean Sinclair, jump in here. Well, if if we take the UT Athletic Department through history as a canvas, then the frame that holds that canvas together is just absolutely filled with just so many characters. And, and I was fortunate enough to be in between those. I mean, you the personalities of of Mr. Haywood Harris, Mr. Gus Manning, Mr. Mattingly, uh, even other guys. Uh, I reconnected with Danny Burnley, uh, Speedy from the ticket office, David Woodall uh, back in the day, Mike Rolo, um, Carmen Tagano, Bill Higdon, and then from my generation, he just retired, uh, David Elliott, uh, Kevin Zerker, uh, some of these guys that, you would afraid, you know, uh, the great Roger Frazier and Max Parrott, uh, those guys um, differently, 
were were people you would never see, never know, uh, unless there was a special, you know, like on Majors uh, or Former's weekend talk show, I mean, weekend uh, coach show, or what they do a little special on them. But I would suggest to you that as as influential as Condridge Holloway and Doug Atkins and Peyton Manning, and I don't want to leave anybody out, but all those guys is the and and, and the Bob Davis and some of these other people. Um, uh, it, those people were just as influential uh, behind the scenes, and so uh, if if I think what you're talking about with Gus Manning's, I had the. I used to I used to work out every day over there between classes and every, it just seemed that every day, uh, Mr. Manning and Mr. Harris we shared a locker room the managers and some of the, those those folks, uh, executive people and uh, they would go for a little run every day or work out and it was the rape I would call it rapier wit of Gus Manning about how he would he would absolutely needle Mr. Harris and and. And Mr. Harris would just take it and and go back at him, and uh, you could feel the love that all of those people had for the University of Tennessee. So, and I include Mr. Mattingly in that. Uh, in our office, um, the stadium. Put forward too. Sorry. Well, one, there were times that Haywood. We would be preparing to do something major, and Haywood said, Haywood would say, "Well, I gotta go do my run." And Haywood, Haywood, Bill Higdon would do their run, and it was seemed like the stadium could have fallen to the ground, and we were going to talk about it. But Haywood would have to do his run first, uh, and he and Gus uh, were definitely unique, unique uh, kind of people. Uh, the story about Haywood coming on board in the athletic department is a vintage one because uh, General Nealon promoted Gus from sports information director to administrative assistant and told Gus that he had carte blanche to uh, find his successor. He was told to do a nationwide search. And Nealon said, spend whatever you want. You hire your successor. And all Gus could say was, well, I think Haywood's in his office. And that settled the nationwide search. And um, Gus and Haywood became the dynamic duo of Tennessee athletics. Pretty interesting, yeah. It was just a fascinating time to be uh, a Tennessee football fan because in the the early 1960s, early to mid-1960s, Tennessee was reaching for the stars athletically. with the hiring of with the hiring of Doug Dickey and Ray Mears and uh, all the great coaches and Haywood and Gus were uh, the the public face of the athletic department. Um, it, it's just um, it's just amazing when you look back at, at their careers. Uh, Gus had um, you mentioned he had a rapier like wit. I don't. I don't know exactly what that means, but uh, it means he was uh, funny, and that didn't really mean to be. Um, General Neyland, I mentioned General Neyland's 31 job responsibilities for Gus, and then he held out the possibility there might be 10 or 12 more. There, there are just some things that happened during that time. Um, 
Gus was not buffaloed by anybody in the athletic department. Uh, he wasn't buffaloed by, by Haywood or Bud Ford or anybody like that. And he definitely was not buffaloed by Doug Dickey. There was a time that uh, Mitch Barnhart decided he was going to uh, uh, Oregon State, lead Knoxville, and he was going to be the athletic director at Oregon State. And Dickey and Dickey and Gus were talking about that. And Dickey looked at Gus and said, uh, "We're really going to miss Mitch when he leaves." What? What? was a logical thing for him to say, and Gus looked at him and said, well, you know, Doug, he didn't have a single friend in the entire athletic department. And Dickie was, was, uh, was kind of taken aback, and I don't think Dickie ever, ever quite recovered from that. And it was just typical of, of, of the things that he would do. I hear laughter in the back. He just did, well, in other words, he just didn't care. He's like, look, man, I've been on this ride for so long. Let's not lie about it. This guy's leaving for Oregon State, and literally over here, nobody likes him. But if you want, but D- Doug Dickey, if you want to pretend, you go ahead and pretend. I'm going to be the one guy in this room. This just goes. <laughs> I'm just going to say to you what it is, which Tom Mattingly is our guest here. Uh, on your TLD Logistics hotline, owner-operator. Listen, if you're an owner-operator, we've got a spot for you on our team. Contact TLD Logistics online at tldlogistics.com. Tom Mattingly, the Vol historian on the Tony Basilio Show, on the passing of Gus, of Gus Manning, who uh, passed away at the age of 99 and a half, and the last living link to General Nealon. And, Tom, to your point in that story, he's the one guy who just kind of knew, I'm safe over here. Like, I'm I'm safe. But well, he sort he of operated build, in that space, right? He helped build the program. He was a, yeah. a sports information director. He was assistant to General Nealon. He, he, he was – the fact that Nealon gave him 31 responsibilities told – tells me what he thought about him and what he could get from him. And the fact that, that uh, Gus could could look at Doug Dickey and say things like he did about Mitch, uh, the fact that uh, uh, he gave Gus carte blanche to uh, hire Haywood, and it, it's just it, the fact that he could, he could sit there at a funeral and see two guys in pinstripe suits and, and ask if they were from the mafia. He it just thinks funny things came out of his mouth, and I'm happy to I'm happy to to have been been a part of it. Um, he um, had a great relationship with Nealon, with General Nealon. Nobody knew Nealon better, mm. and I mean Nealon. There was a time that um, during football practice one day on uh, Hudson Field that there was a flash of light up, up on Fort Dickerson. Nealon saw something on Fort Dickerson, and he told Bud to go take care of it. And it turns out there were there were two people up on Fort Dickerson. I guess you could charitably call them lovers. And Bus, Gus came back and said, uh, uh, there are two people up there, but they don't give a dang about your number 10 play. And uh, Nealon said okay, and then he saw he saw the same light the next day, 
and he sent Gus up there again. And Gus came back and said, it's the same people. They don't care about your number 10 play. And uh, we never heard what Nealon's reaction was, but uh, that's the kind of interesting thing that Gus had to do other than the normal uh, publicity duties. Uh, Nealon, um, in 1957, Tennessee defeated Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl three to nothing when Sammy Burkle kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter to win, and um, they had a banquet. They had a gathering in Gus's uh, in Gus's suite of all the of all the Tennessee people, and. It was fascinating in the sense that there were probably a few drinks exchanged. There were probably uh, there were probably some food eaten and uh, some some liquor consumed. And Gus had the football. Somehow Gus got the football from that from the from the game and was holding it to take back to Knoxville. And Neyland grabbed the football from from Gus and. Scrappy Moore, the, the coach at Chattanooga, was there. And Neyland tossed the football to Scrappy and said, Scrappy, tell us how we won that game. And uh, you know, Scrappy grabbed the football and kicked it and broke a window in the room. And then things progressed on, and Neyland says, Scrappy, tell us how we won that game. And he kicked it again and broke another window. And nobody thought anything about it till that that January when um, the bill came, and Neelan called Gus into his, his office and said, "Gus, what's all this? Uh, what's all this damage to your room?" And Gus looked at Neelan with those very straight, penetrating eyes and said, "That's for that little kicking exhibition that you and Scrappy Moore put on after the Gator Bowl." And Gus says, "Nothing wrong with that." Um, and Gus signed off and. Uh, Somehow, Gus avoided a, a lecture from uh, from the general, and that story just things happened around Gus that didn't happen around anybody else. It um, it, it it was just amazing. It was just an amazing to watch. Uh, we were talking about Mitch a few minutes ago. Maybe in the same conversation, uh, Coach Dickey looked at. at uh, Gus and said, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch tells me you're treating him like a third-class citizen. And Gus didn't miss a beat and said, well, he is a third-class citizen. And, again, Dickie was kind of flummoxed by that because he never really knew how to respond. Sometimes you never really knew how to respond to Gus because he was just so, uh, he was just so funny without, without meaning to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know what 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 to say when he when I thought about Gus uh, because he was he was he was a beloved part of the athletic department. He was part of campus. I'm sure anybody was on campus while those fifty something years that Gus was at UT would recognize Gus driving around in his yep. Cushman. Yeah. Or uh, uh, he and Haywood would be doing their run, which was a a misnomer, uh, and it's just—it was just—it was just. I'm sure Sean would agree. It was just a great feeling to be a part of all that. 
Well, you know what? And imagine the thousands, and I mean thousands of lives that that guy impacted down through the years, which is really neat, which is really kind of what it's about at the end of the day. And he's a guy that didn't, didn't lord his power over people either, which is sort of a uh, another tribute to him. And, Sean, there is a sweetness when you look back. Guys like you, I mean, I'm jealous of you guys. You guys had the, the you guys had the, were in the inner sanctum, Senko. Well, I think, uh, I appreciate that. I think we were probably on the periphery of that, that thing, but we, we certainly got to, we certainly got to view a lot of that. I mean, there's so many names. I mean, even names that, I mean, guys that, um, and, and, and they did, uh, you had, uh, AP Porter in, in the uh, Gibbs dining room. What a character. You had, uh, Norton, we called him. He was the head of the, uh, 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 janitor, janitorial staff at uh, the thing. Uh, I mean, that guy just, uh, we called him Norton. I mean, that's his last name, I guess. But he had, and these guys, these guys the, I remember going in, and here you had NFL players and Johnny Major and stuff, but this guy took so much pride in the way that the, that the, um, uh, the complex looked mm. um, it was such a i know it means i know it means nothing but he his um his janitor um, industrial whatever you want to call it i mean i say that with respect but he pressed his clothes mm. and, and i remember 30 years later i can remember him tying trash bags so that they were tight mm. in the thing and just uh ap porter with the with the stories that he would tell in the thing that is Tennessee athletics. The mm. the um, listen, watching uh, watching Mike Rolo uh, coach the Lakers basketball team as if he was, you know, um, if, as if he was Pat Riley in a balls or just on and on and on. Uh, Bob Davis, uh, who just always seemed to have a scowl on his face and just, you know, <laughs> or, or, or I mean, you know, no offense. No, just, he ooh, did. You know, it's true. And, uh, yes. Yeah, or, or you know, Bud Ford always seemed like he was angry, you know, getting ready to uh, explode on somebody. I mean, it's, it's yes, such a hurry. Yes, I mean, it just, it just all of those, all of those things. Thirty years later, make. I mean, I remember the bowl so, games, and so I remember great. this, that, but, but I remember more Mr. Norton tying that trash bag, or I remember Carmen Tagano, you know, or uh, Richard Westbrook. Up in the, I love uh, Westbrook uh, in the uh, in the uh, ac- in the academic part. Those are the guys. Those are the characters. Those are uh, Speedy. I mentioned Speedy and, and uh, Woody uh, and um, and Danny Burnley. Uh, I think they were all football managers at one time and, and grew up in the system. Yeah. And uh, that's what I remember about Tennessee athletics. And it's just it's generational. Just kind of you know just kind of. It kind of repeats itself, and there will be new people to come in and pass those stories along and, and be just as influential. But uh, you know, all these um, mega million dollar contracts and and things they come and go. But those those are the people that, like I said, are the framework that holds the canvas up. And the the patriarch of it all has now left us. And Mr. Mattingly, uh, do you have any other final thoughts you'd care to share? Uh, 
Give me like 45 seconds, and I really appreciate you, brother. You're my man. Junior was his name. His father had his position before him, and he's right. Um, uh, Norton had the uh, UT Athletic Department issue maintenance shirt, uh, uh, and Norton's was always freshly cleaned, and he looked he looked like he really enjoyed having this part uh, in the uh, department. And for fifty something years, Gus was in the department. Gus <laughs> Gus took great pride in what the department stood for and what it did, and it was just a it was just a pleasure to be with him in in a number of in a number of contexts. Uh, one final thought before we get out mm-hmm. we were my wife and i and haywood and bud and gus were walking out of the we're walking out of the press box right after mitch went to oregon state and oregon state was playing ucla on tv and uh ucla was ahead decisively and gus looked at the tv and said simply beat mitch's team and um, we seem to enjoy that. I, I always remember that uh, Gus could punctuate the moment and really make you feel good about being a part of Tennessee and Tennessee athletics. Absolutely beautiful. Tom, thank you, man. You're welcome. Thank you. God bless you, brother. And uh, my condolences to the family and friends of Gus Manning. That was a beautiful remembrance from Tom Mattingly. Uh, the Vol historian, uh, as read in the Knoxville Focus, we're going to come back on the other side, and we are going to look ahead to the weekend for Tony Vols. Also, I've got some updated information for you on the status of Triple J and of Phillips for tonight's game. Uh, i got some definitive status news for you on both guys, and we'll have that as we continue right after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. 
And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony B. back with you. 865-200-5402. Hold your calls. Sean Sinclair is alongside Brian Hartman as well. Now on the TLD Logistics Hotline, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Sorensen joining us. Eric Sorensen covers... uh, Baseball, the sport of college baseball, for our friends at D1 Baseball, D1Baseball.com. Eric knows the sport inside out, backwards, sideways. He's tremendous, uh, and he also he's a great advocate for the sport as well as, as well as covering the game. But Eric, it's upon us, man. These uh, these tournaments are going to kick the deal off. These round robin deals are taking place at this time of the year, and man, this is fun stuff right now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and first off, thanks for having me on, Tony. It's cool to uh, talk to somebody new for some college baseball, especially there in Knoxville. Um, but yeah, this is this is you know we wait eight months. We go eight months into hibernation, as I call it, and uh, we emerge out of the cave here uh, here in, in mid February. And a lot of buzz to this season, obviously, and, and uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be you know every every New Year is uh, hope springs eternal for every team out there. But this is going to be a lot of fun. I think it's really going to be a cool season especially for you guys there in Knoxville. It's going to be a lot of fun. Eric, uh, let's talk about the field at this round-robin deal. Uh, last year, Tennessee yeah. got the, a chance to play at the, the field down in Texas, which had the likes of Texas in it. It had Baylor in it. It had, um, uh, who was the other one, Brian? There was one more, uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, how, Baylor, and Texas. How would that field last year, compared to the field of this event that Tennessee's getting ready to face? Oh, I think, I think this one's going to be a little bit tougher, to be honest mm. with you. I mean, we know, the reason I say that is because I think Arizona's going to be a little underrated this year, and Grand Canyon, you know, you look at their name and you think it's just a national park. Now, this is a good team, man. This is a good team that won 40 games last year and went to the postseason, and they got most everybody back. I think Grand Canyon and Arizona, both two teams are going to be probably a little under, underappreciated. And the other reason I say it is because OU, even though they were the national runner-up last year, uh, they weren't that good of a team early on in the season. They were just you know kind of like Ole Miss was last year, middle of the road, um, the bottom of the, of the conference, and then all of a sudden they caught fire. So this wasn't the Oklahoma team that we saw in Omaha that Tennessee faced last year. I think that's an interesting thing. But I really love the fact that Tennessee has decided to do this, come out west, play some teams that are totally out of their comfort zone, out of their style, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how it turns out. I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be pretty interesting to see what the, how Tennessee reacts uh, and how these Arizona schools, Arizona and Great Canyon, how, see if they can if they can kind of capitalize on a chance to put themselves on the map, you know, right away this season. Yeah, that's a really great point you bring up. I mean, for those teams, this is an opportunity against. Well, with LSU's injury situation and that unfortunate deal with the starting pitcher, now the odds-on favor to win the national championship for what that's worth, Eric. But uh, this is yeah. a real opportunity for an Arizona and also a Grand Canyon to do something loud early in the season. Yeah, and yeah, a lot of these teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry a lot of tears for the West Coast teams uh, that I that I cover out here, but you know, a lot of them feel like they you know the SEC is just obviously 
just chock full of talent up and down you know, all from all 14 teams and they deserve the the recognition they got for you know all the ways d1 baseball i think we had eight eight yeah, 16 teams in the top 25 but yeah this is just a chance to just you know pull off a, you know pull off a, a, a an upset and, and you know arizona and grand can both can throw pretty good pitchers at tennessee and you know get a chance to put themselves on the map early they're going to love relish that chance uh especially since they're playing in their home state so yeah that'll, that'll be interesting Tell me about the pitchers from. Or let's start with Arizona. Who do you? Who do you? Do you yeah. sense Tennessee sees? Yeah. Now this is going to be really interesting because T.J. Nichols is their Friday guy. Uh, that's who they'll face. Uh, kind of like Chase Dollander. You know, T.J. Nichols came on the scene as a freshman, throwing mid nineties. Now he's up ninety-seven to ninety-nine, just like Chase is. Um, big time talent. Now he's his ERA is a little bit inflated. He went six and four with a. Five five zero ERA last year. You kind of take that with a little bit of grain of salt. Arizona Tucson is certainly a launching pad for offenses out there. So uh, if he pitched elsewhere, I think he'd post a little bit better numbers. But he's a guy that is, again, upper 90s. They're thinking he's going to be a first-round draft pick, maybe early second round. Uh, so that should be a great matchup against uh, some of those Tennessee hitters. Uh, you know, obviously Tennessee lost a lot of a lot of the offense from last year, but they still got the guys that have been there been through the fires and so yeah uh, tj nichols will probably be a real challenge for them again this is going to be the first game of the season so you can't expect them to go more than probably six innings or something like that but he's a flamethrower man he's going to be a guy that uh the sec like yeah like an sec guy that uh you know they have a lot of guys that throw upper 90s just you know throwing fire out of their arms and that's what tj nichols brings lefty righty uh right-hander yeah he's a right-hander and then their lineup. Tell me about their ball club in terms of what we can expect from Arizona. Sure, sure. Now, they lost their two best hitters. Daniel Susak was the catcher, All-American, went in the first round. Uh, but they've got uh, six guys back in the starting in the starting lineup. Uh, really like their team. Uh, the, in, the infielders, Darren Caulfield and Nick McLaughtry, one of the better double play combos. That's a second-base shortstop combo that they have. Uh, in the country, but their big star is going to be Chase Davis, a uh, the left fielder. He's probably going to be first or second round draft pick coming up uh, this year. Hit 18 home runs last year at Arizona. I think he transferred from Auburn. He went to Auburn uh, as as a freshman. Didn't work out there, and he's just oozing with talent. Great guy um, uh, for them to have in the middle of the order. One more guy I'll mention: center fielder Mac Bingham. Not a big stolen base guy, but he has good feet and a lot of. He's got a surprising power: six home runs and th- had seven triples last year. So this is going to be a pretty formidable uh, batting order. I think that that uh, Tennessee will face no matter who they throw at him. I'm assuming it would be Dollinger, but uh, yeah, they, they've got some ability. They've, they're a pretty offensive club, and and uh, they hit they all hit 286 last year. But again, this this is a team this year. A lot of experience coming back. Um, uh, a lot of speed, a lot of power, too. So this is going to be a good challenge. The kid in the outfield, one more time, the star player's name is? Oh, Chase Davis. Yeah, Chase, Chase Davis. Davis is the he's the left fielder for them. Uh, yeah, again, he's going to be a first or second round pick this coming June. Uh, and, and in terms of holes on their ball club, uh, what, what, are, what, what, are, what are their concerns heading into the season? I think the quality uh, uh, relief pitching is probably it. They've yeah. got some guys that have been around. Uh, Trevor Long is 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 their best is their best uh, relief pitcher. He's the guy that closes out games. 
so he's not a problem. He's a guy that had seven saves last year, 31 appearances, so they use him a lot. But I think they're they're a little bit hurting on uh, just middle relief, and you're, you know, that's probably going to play a key part this first weekend because yeah. these pitchers aren't going to pitch a full game, even if they're throwing you know a one hitter or something like that. So I think middle relief. If you get if you get past T.J. Nichols, you, you get into the sixth, seventh inning. I think that's going to be something that uh, that's that's where Arizona lost some players. If it does, if they do get the lead and they they can close that with Trevor Long, they're in good they're in good standing. But uh, that's yeah, that'll be the that'll be the challenge. I think that's where Chip Hale, their head coach, had their biggest uh, their and their pitching coach Trip Couch. I think that's where they worked on the most is is in the relief core this year, and I, I think it'll probably be good. But that's one thing that, that needed the most work in the fall. Eric Sorensen, D1 Baseball, joining us. He covers the West Coast and the country for those folks who are a gold standard. And the one thing about Eric um, uh, is that you know, he's kind of given us the perspective on all these teams. And as you can hear, the knowledge with which he's discussing. Uh, let's go to Grand Canyon uh, the next opponent. Yeah. And, and Tennessee is probably going to throw Chase Burns at them. Uh, as I believe they get yeah. Grand Canyon on Saturday, if that's correct. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so they're going to see Chase Burns, and and what what can we expect from Grand Canyon? Well, Grand Canyon. Uh, by the way, the compliments you're giving me, I'm I'm not sure if I can live up to all these compliments, but I appreciate it. <laughs> um, no, but Grand Canyon is an old team. This is a team that's that's got a lot of uh, upperclassmen. I saw them play last year. Uh, in the in the WAC, they play in the Western Athletic Conference. Uh, won forty some odd games last year, forty one games, and played in the NCAA tournament uh, two years in a row, actually. So that's quite an accomplishment for a program out there at Grand Canyon. But older team, the big star you guys are gonna have to face. Uh, that's gonna be the toughest. Jacob Wilson is the shortstop. He's another one. We're talking about draft picks. He's another one that is. Uh, just a, a deadlock cinch for a first-round uh, draftee this coming June. He'll be a guy that you see in the pros at some point. But Jacob Wilson, playing out there in, in, in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, doesn't get a lot of play. He was a Team USA player in the Collegiate Team USA last summer, so you know he's got quality. But there's a bunch of guys. Again, they've got, I think it was seven returning starters in the batting order. Uh, one of the guys I really liked, uh, that I saw last year, Elijah Berries is his name. Uh, he was a le- he's a left fielder, hit 335 for them. In the game I saw them play, he hit an inside the park home run against Dixie State. So exciting player. But yeah, this is going to be an older lineup, uh, that they're going to face. Um, and they, that, uh, it's going to really be a challenge on Saturday. Another guy, just one more, I'll mention the first baseman, Eli Patton is a transfer from UCLA. Kind of didn't quite work out from there, but the coaches really loved him at UCLA. And now he goes to Grand Canyon to take over the first base position. So really interesting. It'll, it'll be just, it'll be a, a good challenge uh, for Tennessee on Saturday. Well, and 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 that's really what Tony you know Tony was telling me. Look, I, I, he said I think personally we're overrated. Um, you know, to be <laughs> with all the people that we've replaced. And yeah. so and so, what is your sense, the ten thousand foot view of Eric Sorensen on, on Tennessee's team? heading into the season, which begins on Friday, by the sure. way. And we're going to have a Garza Law Tennessee basketball – or Tennessee basketball. We're going to have a Garza Law extra innings program as soon as Friday night's game ends so we can celebrate the beginning of baseball season together. But go ahead, Eric. <laughs> there you go. Outstanding. Well, here's the admission I'll make, Tony. Yeah. I, you know, when I made up my preseason top – my top 25 that I did for Athlon's Magazine mm-hmm. in the like in December – 
I, I was joining. I joined the bandwagon just about everybody else. You know, LSU gets all these uh, bright, shiny objects. They got all the whistles and bells. They get Tommy Tommy White from NC State. They get Paul Skeens from Air Force. They already had Dylan Cruz. You know, everybody had has LSU at number one. But I started looking at it, and I was like, you know what? I know Tennessee lost a lot in the, in the batting order. They'll they'll pick that up. They'll have guys that can still hit. But this is an, a, a pitching that rotation. Might be the best we've seen since some of those Vanderbilt teams from you know like 2014 mm-hmm. or so. This is a pitching uh, rotation that I, I, I started to change my mind, and I wished I'd have put Tennessee at number one. And and believe me, because I'm an LSU grad, actually, I actually graduated from LSU. But I see Tennessee's, I see Tennessee's pitching rotation. I see them pick up guys like Maui Ahuna, the shortstop from Kansas, who hit 396 last year. And Griffin Merritt, is it Griffin? Yeah, Griffin Merritt, the mm-hmm. outfielder from Cincinnati, hit 19 home runs. They're going to be okay. They're going to be able to swing the bat, and maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. You know, maybe they don't hit the same. They don't hit 308 like they did as a team last year. But they're going to be fine. And that, with that pitching rotation and some of the arms they got coming back, that's just a team I think is is I I regretted putting them at number one. I, I really honestly think they they uh, they deserve to be a top the top ranked team right now. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, one thing I love that Tony Vitello did this year was to take on these teams, you know, out of their comfort zone. Take on an Arizona, take on Grand Canyon, and in was it third week of the season they played Gonzaga, a team that's been to the NCAA tournament two years in a row out of the West Coast Conference, under really underrated program. So I like that Tony kind of challenged this team in a different way, you know, just playing you know slightly different kinds mm-hmm. of opponents, and I, I think it's going to help them in the end, but. Yeah, Tennessee to me is. I, I still i I look at that and with a little bit of regret, thinking that this is a team probably should deserve the number one nod right now. We'll Eric, see how it plays out. Though. Eric, is it rare for these southeastern conference teams to go west like this and 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 play in events like the one that uh, Tennessee is going to this weekend? Yeah, in fact, I'm glad you bring that up because in past years, you know, Arkansas has come out to the West Coast to play uh, UCLA and, and USC. Um, and the Dodgertown Classic a couple of years ago, Vanderbilt has come out a number of times to play. And, and Coach Corbin even told me, he says, I like to play teams from, you know, way out west, the teams that just play a completely different style and attitude and that, that we're not going to see that, you know, until maybe in the postseason. So, yeah, it's kind of rare that it, I've been disappointed with scheduling with a lot of these uh, SEC teams. I think Paul Maneri and I, the, our only argument was I wish he came out west to play more teams out west <laughs> than he did in his time there. But here's the thing, though. This year it's a little bit different. Alabama's playing at Pepperdine um, in the second week. Auburn is playing at USC. I really like seeing that. And, of course, this Tennessee kind of following Vanderbilt's lead that they've done the last few years coming out west, playing in this uh, tournament out in Arizona, which is really great. And it's good for college baseball, too. That's the one thing I'll say. I know everybody really... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? 
experienced goldsmiths, or true custom designers experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tell us story. We are this and so much more. Check us out at tillastory.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tell us story, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, the 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $399? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. The NASCAR Cup Series. Kyle Larson from the outside lane crosses the start-finish line. 2023 season gets underway in Daytona. Denny Hamlin gets turned and they're wadding it up in the back of the pack. For the great American race. And at age 23, Austin Sendrick has scored the Daytona 500 win. It's the Daytona 500. Sunday, February 19th at 12.30 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.